Hi, I'm Leilani Marinetti, and I'm on Rebuilding the Beast with Festus. Hey guys, welcome to Rebuilding the Beast. I'm your host, Festus Azili, NBA player turned podcast host. And on this show, I'm going to have a lot of my inspiring friends come on to share with you their rebuilding journeys. I hope you can take the tips from their lives and apply it to your life as well. Oh, and don't forget to hit subscribe, like, comment, share with a friend. Uh, yeah, all the things. All right. I'll see you guys soon. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Real the Beast. I'm super excited. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. It's an so honor. So you got to tell me how to say it. Leilani? That's right. Leilani. Leilani. Leilani, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Toronto. Just outside of Toronto. Ontario. T-dot. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's right. I've been so inspired looking at your pictures, videos, your reels, your content on social media. Um, huh. Your story is, is, is really beautiful. It's really incredible. Um, with that and your husband. Um, so this episode today is going to be different than what we usually do. This mm-hmm. episode is going to be a love story. Ah. I'm excited about <laughs> it. Um, your story has some ups and downs, and I want to dive into all of it as well. But um, yeah. I want to talk about you and Michael. How did you guys, yeah. how did you guys meet? Well, we met in high school, and that was in 1986. Uh, we weren't, I mean, we didn't go out for too long. We, we dated like most high school kids do, and we remained friends over the next 12 years. And then um, in 1998, that's when we started dating again. And uh, it's funny because when he was a kid, he always said that uh, we would end up getting married one day, and he was right. So... Um, in 1986, uh, sorry, in 1998, uh, when we got together, uh, he proposed and then, um, after a few months of dating and then shortly after we got engaged, uh, something was not right with him. Um, physically he was just seems he, he's lost his balance and, uh, that's when he went to the doctor and, and ended up being, um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um so ms is a diagnosis that a lot of us hear but yes uh multiple sclerosis for anyone that doesn't understand can you kind of explain what it means and how it affects michael Sure. So uh, MS is multiple sclerosis. It's an autoimmune disease. And what happens is the immune system attacks the myelin sheath, which is a protective cover that covers the uh, nerves and then the nerve fibers and then causes um, communication problems between the brain and the rest of your body. So that's why for a lot of people, it could be different. You know, the the severity of MS is, is different for a lot of people. Uh, for Michael, it's slowly progressed over the last 23 years. And so, you know, his walking started off uh, with a cane 23 years ago and then slowly went into using a walker to now in a full, you know, lift wheelchair, tilt wheelchair. So it, 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 it's different for everyone. So for him, it's his walking. He can't. He has limited mobility. He can't sit up right at the moment. Um, thankfully, he can still swallow his food on his own. 
but he pretty much needs um, help and care with with the day to day of uh, life essential things like getting dressed, bathing, eating. Yeah. What it, what was the when they give a diagnosis like that? What does that mean in terms of the future? What do they say? What do doctors tell you in terms of expectancy? You know what? And that's the thing. Uh, he was diagnosed. And they don't really tell you much other than a few pamphlets of what MS is. And um, mm. one thing they did say, doc- the doctor said, was that uh, we don't know how severe it will be uh, for some people. I've heard many stories over the years that someone was diagnosed with MS and then they passed away, you know, a few years later. Uh, then I hear other stories where people, you know, this one neighbor I heard uh, had MS all her entire life and she just lived a long life and she only used a cane, right? So it really is different for everyone. Um, so we didn't know going into this uh, how it would affect Michael. And so for the last 23 years, you just kind of see, you just kind of do your best each day to give him the care he needs. and. Uh, try to live positively and go from there. Um, first off, I'm, I'm really grateful for you sharing your story because I think it's something yeah. that a lot of people deal with. I'm sure that hearing your voice and seeing the way that you have handled the situation and the way you both have handled it um, is also giving light to other people who are in the same situation as well. Um, how did you personally, how did you take the the diagnosis? Of course, when you guys get together, you have no idea. Yeah. Well, life would be this way. So, you know, it's kind of like different stages of, of, of the news when we got the diagnosis. I remember sitting in the doctor's office and, you know, when Michael was kind of off balance and his family doctor said, you need to go see a neurologist. I thought, neurologist, what? what for? Like, you know, I wasn't sure, but so he ended up going to the neurologist. Um, but the reason why going back before that, he became blind in one eye, he had optic neuritis. And as soon as his family doctor saw, uh, diagnosed him with optic neuritis, that was a red flag for something neurological. That's why they wanted him to see a neurologist. Um, and now we know that optic neuritis is a big red flag for multiple sclerosis. So when they did testing and we were called back to the family doctor, um, that's when his doctor said to us, uh, Michael, I'm sorry, you have MS. And I'll never forget that day because I, when he said MS, I thought, what? Here we were, a couple just about to get married. And I swear the ground beneath me opened up and I felt like we were swallowed. Of course, it was. It's devastating because you don't know the the uncertainty of the disease of how how severe it'll be. I mean, I didn't even know much. We didn't know much about the the disease, so we were scared. I mean, I was bawling right there, and my husband, I mean, Michael, uh, my fiance at the time, was you know comforting me, and he's the one who was diagnosed. Um, so after that, I just remember. Um, you know, you, you cry. Well, I did. I cried for a few weeks and and Michael was so devastated because he didn't know either what was going on. And I remember 
uh, Michael one day, you know, we were in the car, just the both of us. And he said, you know, this wasn't a life you signed up for. So if you want to leave, I don't blame you. And I just cried as I cried because I thought, how could you say such a thing? You know, um, it gives me comfort knowing that if he's going to go through this, we're going to go through it together and I'm going to take good care of you. So don't worry, we're going to get through this together. So um, it was hard. Um, so after about a month of, you know, kind of wallowing in, in this news, we had to like, had to make a decision, at least mentally make a decision. Are we going to sink with this news and live the rest of our lives kind of hopeless and defeated? Or we can just make the choice to keep swimming, take one day at a time and live with hope and faith. And so Michael and I mean, I said to him, I said, so what are we going to do? I mean, we have to choose one way or another. We can't just keep up being upset and wallow in this kind of sorrow. And he said, absolutely. We need to just keep swimming and keep going. So that's what we do. And our faith is very strong. So that helps us get through, you know, the, the, the hard days, which, you know, is a lot of hard days when you're fighting an autoimmune disease. And so that's how we kind of decided to live life that even through the hardest of days, we just keep choosing hope faith that's such a it's an inspiring message but at the same time it's something that that touches me so much because even on my way here to the studio i'm listening to tapes of scripture listening to words of faith just wanting to keep that thing alive in my heart because even in my own life i'm dealing with things that but watching and listening and hearing your words it's almost like i'm like wow like your faith yeah. is, is, is crazy faith. You know, it's something that's <laughs> like, it's, it's amazing to see and it's given me even more inspiration. Were you, always, were you always this close to your faith, to your religion, um, close to God? Or was it intensified because of the diagnosis? I think it was intensified, but I remember even as a little kid, as young as four years old, believe it or not, uh, praying. And having that kind of relationship with with God. So, uh, and it's funny because my parents, I mean, they're Catholic and they they do go to church, but they never really like, they weren't like pushing religion in my face, but I I just kind of was, had that relationship growing up. And then I think it just intensified even more. And I think when you go through really challenging times, which, you know, it's been 23 years now of caregiving and Michael with this diagnosis. It is so mentally, physically, emotionally exhausting that giving it to God is just so much easier. You, it's just so much that the human body can take that I think the more challenges and the more things you go through, you really have no choice. I mean, there are days where I'm like, oh, you know, another, because di- he was diagnosed with another autoimmune disease and then other health issues came. and. Just when I think, oh, you know what, I, I'm just going to leave it all to God. Because really, we can only take so much, you know? I say the way I think about it sometimes is, you know, in this, it, I, I just, I think of it as a place to hold on to. 
because sometimes yeah. you feel like it's like taking you like the wind the tornadoes the hurricanes they're taking you and it's like yo i just need something to hold on to and yeah i have a i have a a few people in my life who i look to who i hold on to who are people like yo please just speak some life into me do you have those kind of support system around you um how do you how do you get that support you know even with your faith and even with your even with the bible yeah, I, you know what, I'm very blessed. So Michael is, you know, my, my rock, he really does. Uh, he is my greatest support system. Funny, right? The one who is mm. sick is my support system. But he really is. And I, my family, my sister, my brother, my parents, um, his, his side, of the family, I mean, I'm very blessed in the fact that I do have a wonderful support system. And also chill my children who are grown children now. But um, I'm so very lucky that even on days where when I'm human, I'm feeling and they can see it. My kids see that I'm kind of, you know, down or it's consuming. Um, they they really know how to to remind me of what we've instilled in them, which is to keep mm. the faith. And we've been through this before. We're going to get through it again. God's always in control. Um, so we're so blessed that the my my three kids are are such great, they've grown up to be um, great human, kind and compassionate human beings. Tell me about, about caring for a loved one. I want to talk more about that. And like, sure. It's just this idea, you know, being a caregiver for somebody who, you know, somebody you love, like, how do you, how do you look at this process? What is your, your point of view every day? You know what? Um, so yeah, caregiving is hard. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and even speaking to other caregivers, they said they've been to you know they're they've been soldiers before. <laughs> they've 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 been in you know they're different. They they come from all walks of life. You know, police officers, teachers, even. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spoke to someone who was a, a producer who said that she, this is crazy. Her life is crazy as a producer, but man, caregiving is the only thing that gets her down on her knees where she's just physically and mentally exhausting. Um, and the only thing I can say with caregiving is the way I see it is it's easy to get lost in the duty of it. Like it's a job. And, and although it is in some ways, because there's, it's a big responsibility. That's a 24 seven job. It is, it is. Yeah. But the way I see it is that it's your chance to show them love, to do it with love, to care for them. I, I mean, after all, I mean, caring, what does that word mean? Right. So I, I can't be anything more than just this is my opportunity to love him, to, to show him that I care. And so when I, you know, even if I'm caring for him, helping him brush his teeth, feed him, I do that all with love because nothing is, is more rewarding than honestly caring for someone you love. So you might as well do that, right? Otherwise, if you do, which is normal, some people can end up, I've heard this before where caregivers are very bitter, you know, because it's mentally draining, but you have to be very careful with that. Um, you have to change your view, your views on how, you know, giving that kind of care to somebody. 
that you have to do it from an act of love, from a place of love. And so that's what I do. I mean, after all, I always think as, you know, take it one day at a time. You don't know how, how long someone has. So make sure you live it with no regrets. Do everything with love. And it's just one day at a time. Are there hard days? Absolutely. There are hard days. But at the end of the day, you've got to just do more than just care. You've got to do it with love. I started this podcast for people out there who are in the middle of whatever it is, challenge, adversity, whatever sickness, whatever scare they're in the middle of. And it's for people like me, like a few years ago, you know, playing in the NBA. And then I have this really scary injury, surgery, where I'm in a wheelchair for six months. During this time, I'm, I'm looking around saying, who... Who is here for me? Like, I, I don't know who to talk to about this. I don't know where to go to for inspiration. I'm yeah. really struggling, struggling mentally. When I got through a little bit of that part of my surgery or my, my, my well, only thing I can call it is just this deep, dark hole. Um, yeah. I realized that part of my journey was to create that for somebody else as well. That's what I wanted to do. I said, well, you know what? I'm still here and there's a reason for me to still be here. So that's why I created this podcast. That's why I'm doing this. That's why, because for me, I just want to use this platform in a way that helps people understand that they're not alone. You know, good for you. I'm so glad you did. And that's so inspirational. You don't have no idea how many people's lives you're changing by doing this. So I commend you. I say the same with you. No, thank you. Thank you. I say the same with you. And this is why I want to connect with all the people who are in this space, because I think that we need to amplify these voices. I think it's important. People need to know that, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. You can make a choice. And, and yes, there will be bad days, but there's, there are ways to get through. And actually let's, let's talk about that. Take me through, um, difficult time. Take me through a difficult day and, how to stay positive when it gets tough. Okay, well, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't say, if you were outside looking in, you would think, oh, wow, that's tough, you know, what we go through in a day. But it's been 23 years and we've adjusted to new norms all the time because it's, there's another challenge or whatever. But I think the way I, I get through them. So, you know, if, if, if I give you a little quick peek of what our day is like, uh, Michael will get up in the morning and I will have to help him, you know, get ready for the day. And that takes about an hour because before you um, get him ready, you need to do physiotherapy to loosen all the muscles and make sure he, cause he can't move on his own. So you do the stretching for him and then you'll do all that personal care. And after the personal care, then it's time to make him breakfast and then you need to feed him. And then um, and then he'll do a little bit of uh, other motor skill, uh, you know, exercises with his with his hands or stretches. Um, And then that's done. And then by the time you know it, like, honestly, after that, it's time to prepare lunch and it's the whole routine over again personal care, change, physiotherapy. And then you do the whole thing over again for dinner, right? So 
it gets tough because in between there, don't forget, you're also, you know, I'm also a mom. I also have household responsibilities. I also go to work in the evening. So it's, I would say time is what's so challenging, you know, time, getting everything done, go, go, go. But I think, you know, it's easy to get lost in the hustle and bustle of it all, but we still, I still try to make time each day to find the pockets of joy, I always say. Mm. So important, pockets of joy. You need to find it, grasp it, and and make those, make the day, you know, whether it's funny or just cuddling or watch a movie or um, whatever it may be, just have fun. Because if you don't, you really will get into the, like you've mentioned, a tornado of all the things that you need to do. Go, 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 go. And if you don't stop every once in a while, you'll get lost in it all. And so, and then I also like, you know, I, we hear this all the time. I really do look, look for, you know, things to be grateful every day. We have to be. And I don't know, but the more I practice, I practiced that years ago, but uh, the more you're grateful for things every day, it really does put shifts your life. When you practice yeah, gratitude, it, it shifts. Yeah. It shifts everything. The more you're grateful, the more they give you things you're grateful about. God gives you more things to be grateful about. So, you know, that is a typical day for us. I mean, I don't know how many times people have told us, I don't know how you do it, but you know what? Honestly, God's grace says, I really can't say that it's just me because physically, mentally, emotionally, it's a lot. And if you don't leave it to God to take care of things for you, then you really are lost on your own thinking you can do right. it. So I'm actually happy you said that because I love <laughs> the gratitude and I have to play this game every once in a while. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about, we got to give 10 things we're grateful for today. All right. You're okay. giving it, actually. Oh, I'm giving 10 reasons, yeah. 10 things I'm grateful but I'm, for. I'll, I'll help you. Okay. We're alive today. I'm, I'm going to help you. We just go back and forth. That's one. Yep. Uh, I got to see Michael smile again today. See grateful him smile for today? His smiles. I, no, he, he smiles every day, but I'm telling you, I'm grateful when I see that smile every day. Oh, that's beautiful. Um. I actually had a really good nap before I came over here. I needed it because I was in a funky mood. So I'm <laughs> grateful for the fact that I had a, I have a, a bed and a roof over my head. Awesome. I'm grateful Story. for, for, uh, I'm grateful for this platform that you're using to be able to share stories that will just, you know, when you share stories like this with the, with the, the world, um, you know, it's powerful. So I'm grateful. Thank you. I am. I will pick it back off of that and say I'm grateful for you. For, so thank you, first off. But I'll pick it back off of you and say I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this time that we have to share together. And we get to, we get to share your story. I'm grateful for the strength that you're showing and the vulnerability that you use and uh, just just love your your social media, love your Instagram. It gives me so much joy whenever I see the stuff that you do. And so I'm uh, grateful for you, you and your platform as well. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, just, we got five more to go now. 
my goodness. Okay. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I'm grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for this beautiful day, the, this weather that we're having. We live in Toronto, so our winters are long and harsh. And, you know, the sun's out. So always puts a smile on my face when I see the sun. Hey, you guys don't even want us over there. I don't know what's going on in Canada. You guys don't want the Americans over there. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not true. That's not true. I think the COVID uh, restrictions are crazy. I want to come yeah. visit my friends. Yes, yes. You're going to have to, hey, if you're ever down here in Toronto, uh, give me a shout. Love for you to meet Michael. We'd love to meet I you. I would love to. Would love to. Mm. I'm grateful for this beautiful face across, sitting across from me that's letting me use his amazing studio. Um, <laughs> and 50% beautiful. <laughs> grateful for Bob. Um, grateful yeah. for Bob. Yes. Thank you. 25% rugged and 25% something. <laughs> <laughs> that's we got three awesome. more. More. Uh, I'm grateful that um, COVID is finally slowing down. Woo! That's a big one. That's yeah. a big one. Grateful. And we're, we, we're getting our second shots this week. So I'm so grateful that we're going to be doing that this week. Got my, got my second shot a couple of weeks ago and I feel a little freer. I'm actually preparing to go um, for the Olympic tryouts for Team Nigeria. And it feels so good to oh, have the vaccination, oh everything done, because now you can go and and go train for that stuff and do everything you need to do without thinking about, I mean, I'd still be cautious, but not thinking about, yeah. about COVID the way I was before. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. What a great opportunity. You know, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful yeah, for the opportunity amazing. to put Nigeria across my chest. Um, I'm Nigerian American. Um, yeah. but it's just an opportunity for me to play basketball again. And after this journey of, it's been four years of, of going back and forth and rebuilding the beast actually started as me sharing my story of coming back yeah. to playing ball again. So having the opportunity to do that is, I can't even, I can't explain, even talking about it, I might even get emotional right now, but it's just this idea that that crazy faith that we talk about is yeah. really important for, for everybody. Like you're, there's going to be times in your life when you need that crazy faith to just pull you through. And I had mornings, I had nights where I'm like, man, I don't, but you got to keep going. And, you do. It's easy yeah. to have faith when things are going right. You know, it's so easy to have Say faith. Say it again but, for people in the back. But when things are tough, that's when you need to dig your heels in and grab that faith and just there, there you go. There's your chance to really test your faith, right? So yeah. I always think when you're going through a hard time, that means blessings are around the corner. So just hang on to mm. faith, oh, right? Man. So you got to you got to end us off now. Number ten. Okay, I'm grateful for my family. Grateful oh, for my family. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. You and. I actually, so, you know, actually, I want to, I want to talk about that because you guys do have a beautiful family together. Um, you and Michael, you. um, I want to talk about Michael as a dad. Yeah. Um, many people assume just because you have a disease or a disability that you ain't, you aren't suitable to be a, a, a dad, but that's obviously false. What yeah. is your children's take on Michael having MS? Okay. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because when he was diagnosed, his neurologist actually told us not to have children. And I was mm. like, what? Really? And, because, and the reasoning behind that was because stress is such a, 
is a trigger for people with MS to get worse. And, you know, it's not good for people to, with MS to, to have so much stress. But I'm telling you, it's worked the opposite. So we have three children who are now grown and they've been our biggest blessings. Um, I think they've always known their dad to kind of, since they were little, you know, I remember all those projects that they would bring home from kindergarten and they would always draw their dad with a cane or his wheelchair or, you know, so they, they've already known that. And I think uh, because of the way they have seen their dad and they've seen me with their dad, they have always been so compassionate and always protective over their dad. So to be uh, uh, and Michael's personality, he's got a great sense of humor, always making I, he's never once complained to me or the kids about how, you know, sorry, he could easily be, you know, be victim and say, oh, my life and this. No, not at all. He's in fact, always the he's the he may look shy on camera, but he's the comedic one. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, his example uh you know, he's the favorite in the family because he makes them laugh all the time, oh, you know? So, uh, he's a great dad. You know, they, they come to him, they talk to him. Our bed is like the living room because they're always, you know, cuddling up with him. But, um, if anything, he's taught them to be compassionate and kind and, um, they've taught them to be empathetic. Right. So it's, that's that's kind of you know I, I've heard from other parents that's hard to do unless you've been through it because that's something you can't really teach your kids unless they're exposed to to such circumstances right. So. I I say all the time that I never noticed people in a wheelchair as much as I did when I was in one, and it caused this the the empathy is this it's a different level when you're going through it and. Yeah. Um, I heard you say earlier that, you know, you've talked to different caregivers and people who, is there, is there a group of people that you've been able to bond with, um, that are either going through the same thing or going through their own different things? Um, is there any such association or or people or groups? I don't necessarily have like a certain group or community group that I've, you know, bonded with. Uh, I do have a, a, a particular group of people that I had the pleasure of meeting a few years ago out in Boston, Iana Care it, uh, called me out and they got caregiver, caregivers from around the world to get together and tell their stories. Like Iana Care stands for I Am Not Alone, and it's basically an app to help caregivers get the help they need from a support group like their family and friends. And so, you know, for the first time when we all these were strangers I'd never met before. And when we got together and we shared our stories, we were all about like a mess. We were in tears because unless you're a caregiver or unless you're the one going through, um, you know, a, a challenge like being sick or whatever, like people don't understand it. People. So when you said you were lonely or, you know, you felt alone, I get it. I get it because I felt that same way two years ago when Michael was diagnosed. I felt alone because I didn't think people understood. Like people will say, hi, how are you? If there's anything I can do, just let me know. 
But then at the end of the day, you know, really, you're really on your own. And you really never know whether to take people seriously when they offer help. You know, that's another thing. I think the reason why caregivers are, it's so hard for caregivers is because we have a hard time asking for help. Um, But, uh, and this is the reason why, like you, I started sharing our stories, uh, good times, hard times, funny times on Instagram, because I, I just didn't want, I thought it was important to share a story that maybe someone out there can see a piece of them in ours and me and them, right? There's so much power. Like I always say, sharing stories is so powerful because you never know. I received, Fez, I received a message from uh, a young man. And uh, the other day I get messages from people from around the world. And it's, it's amazing. Most messages are about that they can relate. And, uh, but this gentleman said to me, he said, thank you for doing what you do each day. I was suicidal and I've been fighting depression but you have given me hope again. And I thought I was crying. I mean, this is the reason why I do this. Not, not for the pat on the back, not at all, but to show God's glory, first of all, that through hard times, you will see his hand through, through this, giving you hope again. But also to know that it doesn't matter how hard your situation may be, there's always hope. There's always hope. And there can be joy. It is possible to still have true joy, even through hard and challenging times. I always think about, somebody told me this recently, and it's just this idea that our souls take this human form and they come here to have this human experience. And it's just this idea of all the, everything, we're here to learn lessons. We're here to just, just live this life. And whenever I'm going through a tough time of late, especially because I've been more and more aware, I just keep going back to that. Just the fact that, you know what, we're here to learn these lessons. We're here to teach other people lessons as well with our own lives, learn from other people as well. And um, I I do wonder though, and this is something I, I had to go through. Did you ever question God? Like, did you ever wonder like why God chose that path for you to and what answer did you get from it? So it's funny you ask this question. Um, I don't think I asked why. Uh, well, it might be. Maybe there have been times. But I think it's more like, so here's a good, it's funny you said that because I just on my last post, I, I, I wrote about how the other week I was in the car by myself. And out of nowhere. I was driving and out of nowhere, I really, the tears just started coming. I was just, just crying. And I, I, right away, I was like, I was talking to God and I said, look, I, I, I know I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the blessings you give me each day. So I'm happy, but I'm also sad. You give me strength every day, but I'm also tired. You, you know, and, and I was just a mess. I was crying. I was letting it out. I was tired, tired physically, emotionally, mentally, but more so sometimes, you know, I'm also tired for Michael, like to see him, 
get physically sick, I, I just, you know, it, it breaks my heart. And then I always think of that uh, verse in the Bible, Revelations, where, you know, there will be a day where there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more tears. And so when I, when I think of that verse, and that's how God spoke to me, he goes, you know, there, there will be a day. So he won't be like this forever, whether it's on this earthly life or not. There will be day. There will be that day, and that gives me a, you know, it's such a beautiful message that this this hardship that we're all going through is temporary, and that one day, you know, what a beautiful thing to even take in. You know, I just yeah. So that was the other day in the car. So going back to your question, do I question it? Um, you know, when our human bodies get tired, sure, it lingers. But then I, I reaffirm my faith and know that, listen, I, whatever you need for me to do, God, your will, let it be done. Just give me the strength to keep going. Give me the strength. I get scared asking. Well, first of all, you're a way better person than me because asking if I questioned it, I was, me and God were fighting. We were, I was cussing him out. We were going through it. <laughs> And it was just this, it's like, why, why, why? Like I do, like I'm, you know, you start bargaining. You're like, man, I do all these things right. You know, if you give me, I will give you, I won't do this, this, that. You start bargaining. God doesn't you make start bargaining. God does not make bargains. And, you know, my little sister actually introduced me as a, as a movie. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's called The Shack. The Shack. And I know, I have to see it then. It's also a book. Yeah. It's not even, it's just, it's, um, it's a powerful movie. It's a, it's a relationship. It's a, a guy loses a, a child and yeah. it's probably the worst way possible. And he's angry at God. And he's like, why, why me? Why, why he's so yeah. angry? Sister introduced me to this movie. She's, she was nine years old at this time. And this man gets a chance to confront God in this angry state. And he's like, why in the world? A child is the most innocent. How could you let bad things happen to good people? The answers yeah. you get in this book, that's where I got the saying. Um, how, does it, how does it go? Um, God gave you this mountain to show others it can be moved. I got that <sighs> saying after I watched that movie. It's not in that movie, but that's what came to my heart. After I watched this movie, I was wow. like, oh, yeah. And it's not the plan for bad things to happen to us. We're human. We have free will and all these things happen. Like the life happens, but there is always good that comes out of it. If you stay in faith. Yes. And, and this is the reason so, why you're here. You went through all mm, that hardship for a reason, you know, yeah. cause now you can empathize, you know what it's like. Do you think you would have started this podcast had you not ended up in a wheelchair? I, I have had this idea for a long time and I yeah. never wanted to until it was like God just pushed me like, yo, go do this thing, this thing that I gave you, this gift that I gave you, this story that I gave you, go use it and connect with people yeah. and show people that there's a way out. Do you remember the comment, God burns couches? God burns couches. You were comfortable and God said, okay, now go do this. I'm going to take away what you're doing so you mm. have no choice but to do this. Mm. See? God burns couches. I love that. Love that. Powerful.
That was Angus That's Benfield, beautiful. by the way, a producer and director. Yeah. God burns couches. Yeah. Um, you know what? That that's pretty powerful. It's true. It's so true. Love that. Um, now that we're winding down, I got a couple of questions for you. One of them is, you know, how does how does Michael give back to you? You know, I know you say he's he's funny and you know he's a listener. He gives you support. Um, even though he's physically disabled, like maybe tell how you know his his presence also helps you as well. Well, you know, we've known each other our entire lives. Like he's, he really is my best friend. Um, and, and although, yeah, you know, he may be in a wheelchair, but he is very strong in faith as well. And, um, when I'm telling you, when I get a little sad or down, he's the first person I turn to. And I, there's this energy, I can't explain it. He doesn't even have to say anything. When he holds me, there's this energy that just really calms me down. And so, yeah, I need him. I need him in my life best because <laughs> he's, he, we really are, um, I, I, I can't explain it. But, you know, when he sees me running around doing the things that I need to do, you know, he looks out for me as well. Like he really does grab my hand as I'm rushing by this here or there. And he's like, Hey, you know, have you eaten yet? Slow down. I know you have lots of things to do, but yeah. So, you know, I couldn't ask for a better partner because, you know, I have, I know quite a few people whose marriages are empty because they don't talk to each other. They don't, you know, so yeah, we may be lacking things and we don't have the perfect health and may be able to do the things that maybe normal couples do, like go out on a whim and, you know, walk hand in hand to go on a park or go to uh, camping or whatever. But you know what, we have a solid relationship where we can really communicate and talk. And so I'm blessed that I couldn't ask for a better partner. Sometimes we always think, and this is actually a post I just made today. I know we always think that what other people, what they have the abilities to do are better sometimes. It's like, oh, I wish I could do this. But you know, it's kind of like what you just said. Yes, people have the ability to go hold hands in the park. They don't do it. It's not the same relationship. Yeah. And they don't have the closeness. And there's things that, you know, somebody told me recently said, when you're jealous of somebody else, you don't get to pick one thing. Yeah. Swap out everything that they have with what you yeah. have. And when you think about life that way, at least for me, when I think about life that way, there's nobody I would rather be than me. I take all my problems every day. If you, we throw all our problems in the pile... They say you will yeah. be in a hurry to pick yours back up because if you see everybody else's issues, yeah, you know you're not what? taking it's them. It's so true. It is so true. You would take yeah. yours in a second before swapping yeah. someone else. Um, mm. Yeah. So I, I'm so grateful for that, for sure. Now you get to tell us, you know, what you're working on, you know, why you share your story, where we can find you, all the good stuff about you and your and your platform. 
Um, uh, so I'm on uh, Lavished in Grace on Instagram. Um, and basically, I mean, I, I call myself a blogger. I'm not really. I mean, I just share our, our day-to-day life of, you know, a moment that we have or the silly times we have on TikTok. We're also on TikTok because, you know, I do TikTok for a few reasons. It's, it's the pockets of joy, I always say. You know, it's a break mm-hmm. that we get to have fun and do something together or not. It's usually in him kind of looking at me doing silly dances or whatever. But um, we did TikTok like many others did over the course of COVID because what else is there to do? What else do we have to do? <laughs> yeah, I know. So we did TikTok. And funny thing is, I didn't think we would get, you know, I honestly did TikTok just for us to have fun. I didn't think it would take such a, but yeah, it, it became a, a big thing. We, we ended up getting a, a, a big following there. And then, um, so I, I also did TikTok because, you know, when you lip sync, it takes practice. I mean, for Michael, I think it was a great way for us to practice him to lip sync because it's cognitively, it was testing him to, uh, you know what I mean? cognitively you need to be able to focus and move your lips at the same time with what you're hearing so it was also great kind of people may not know this but for him it was I don't tell him this but I knew that he was getting practice cognitively as well so um and then our skits together it was just fun he was having fun just you guys haven't seen the reels if people haven't seen they need to watch the they need to watch all your reels i was watching i was laughing like even the one where he had his arm around you and you're like when he wants his arm back (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) yeah yeah so we just have fun with that and um but uh we we what was your question again going back so why was I? Oh, the t- TikTok and Instagram. You can find us there. But um, I, like I said, like you did Instagram uh, mainly for my kids at first because I just wanted the the kids. I wanted to document our our lives, even our hardships and our faith, so that my kids could always have something to go back on to reflect of certain milestones that your dad, my their dad hit, or certain life lessons. And then it ended up being like, wow as people from all over the world were now messaging me saying, thank you for sharing. I see pieces of my story in you. And um, so that's, that's how Instagram uh, came all about for the the purpose behind that. And so that, that's it. There's nothing really um, exciting. Well, there is another exciting things, but I don't think I can talk about it yet. So uh, Uh, I'll keep you you up to date with that. Yeah, there's Please something do. actually this, this morning, this morning, I had a talk with someone who is working on a project that invited us to be a part of. And um, I'm not too sure if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. But when I do, I will message you and let you know so that you yes. can uh, keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story. I always end with this question. And it's something mm-hmm. that I just love hearing different people's perspectives. It's talking to your younger self. You get to talk to yourself now. You get to talk to yourself yeah. when you got engaged. Yeah. Um, and, and talk to her about life and what you've learned. What What do you say to her? I'm going to tell her that she's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. It's scary. It's going to be hard. 
your faith is going to take you through it. You're going to be okay. And even on the days that you're not, um, that's okay too. You've heard the saying, it's okay not to be okay. Uh, there's going to be a lot of those days. So, but you'll get through them. Like everything else, you'll get through them. So dig your heels into faith on those hard days and keep choosing hope. That's what I would tell her. Amen. Keep choosing hope. What a great message. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, it was such a pleasure meeting you. And you too, Bob. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, you know, we get to, the borders get opened up. I get to come meet you and Michael. And I'm just hoping for more events yeah. like this where we get to talk and share our stories. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely locked in and I'm just going to be shouting you out and, and everything. So thank you for, for what you do. And I'm looking forward to a growing friendship. Yes, please do. This is amazing. I, I look forward to, to, to finding out what's happening with your, so you're going to the Olympics, you said, training for the Olympics. Yeah, so our tryouts actually begin next week. And so is this for this is for basketball? For basketball. Yeah. I'm gonna be rooting for you. I'm Canadian, but I'm yeah. gonna be rooting for you. Team Nigeria, baby. <laughs> a lot yes. of Americans rooting for Team Nigeria. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> Team yeah, Nigeria, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Um yes, but yeah, sure. thank you, thank you, thank you. Go enjoy the beautiful Toronto weather. Uh, Thank you I'm so gonna much. go outside get some sun because I need I need some sun today. So Yeah, do it, um, do it. Yeah. So thank you again for your time. And uh, yeah, yes. we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. You take care. And we're out. Hey, Fess is here. I hope you liked that episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and here's some more episodes that you might like. Uh, I mean, on this side. <laughs>